صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Thanks for tuning in to Palestine Remembered, and this week we bring you part two of the Australia Jewish Democratic Society and the Australia Palestine Advocacy Network's joint statement on anti-Semitism. First up, we're going to hear from Palestinian Australian Meher Mughrabi, who's a features editor at the Age from 2014 to 17, was foreign editor of the Age and Sydney Morning Herald. He's worked in newspapers for 25 years, including stints at the Independent, the Scotsman, the Daily Mail, and the Khalish Times. Meher Mughrabi. Thank you so much. Good evening, everyone, and assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to begin uh, by saying that at this time, when the indigenous peoples of this land are raising their voices in a bid to be heard by the nation, I feel that Palestinians owe them our wholehearted support in that struggle before we can ask them really to make any effort on our behalf. Anti-Semitism is an enormous subject with a sorry history. So in my brief remarks tonight, it would be very foolish to imagine that I could do it justice. But I will try to set out what I believe to be true and hope that through a few lights, the whole scope of my thought might be seen. I will make four points. Firstly, As a Palestinian, I do not believe that anyone can understand the last 150 years of our history, the central event of which was the Nakba, and the ongoing dislocation and disenfranchisement that that history has involved without understanding the history of anti-Semitism and its effect upon Jews. There are very few analogies to the Palestinian experience of decades under Israeli occupation, but perhaps one of the closest is the experience of the Jews who lived in Russia's Pale of Settlement in the 19th century. To study the situation of Jews throughout Europe in the political ferment of the first half of the 20th century is to see foretold many of the experiences of the Palestinians in the lands of their fellow Arabs in the second half of the 20th century. But above all, of course, anti-Semitism shaped Jewish history in a way that saw it suddenly intersect with the history and the geography of the Palestinian Arabs with catastrophic consequences for the latter. The second point I'd like to make is that aside from understanding anti-Semitism's historical role, we should grasp how it continues to work in our present day lives. As perverse as it may seem, anti-Semitism was a product of the European Enlightenment. Until then, the Jew was made other on religious grounds, 
not according to the dubious science of race. Yet the older prejudice and the newer one feed off each other. I recently saw a tweet in which someone calling themselves into faith for Palestine, and I have to tell you that the count has now been suspended, sought to defend outgoing British Labour Party leader Jeremy Corbyn in this way. This is exactly what he said in the tweet. JC was crucified by the extremist UK Jewish establishment. Another rejected Messiah. I don't want to enter here into a debate about the character and policies of Jeremy Corbyn or about whether you can believe everything you see on Twitter, as important as such debates are. I want to draw attention to the mechanics of this statement. It's accusation against faceless Jews. It's reliance on a religious narrative in which Jews are collectively indicted. And to say that a proper understanding of anti-Semitism is the only way that we can avoid such rhetoric and its painful and offensive effects on Jewish people. But there is another side to that coin. And it is that only with such an understanding can we make the distinctions that must be made between what is anti-Semitism and what is not. So that when a commentator in this country, such as Andrew Bolt, compares activists who seek a grassroots boycott of businesses linked to the Israeli state, or seeks divestment from Israel, or seeks sanctions against Israel. When someone like Andrew Bolt compares that sort of effort with the atrocities of Kristallnacht and the state-driven boycotts of Jewish businesses in Nazi Germany, we are able to reject that comparison effectively by grounding our position in objection to the specifics of Israeli policy and not generalizations about Jewish identity. My third point is that just as the Enlightenment can be seen perversely to have generated anti-Semitism, so anti-Semitism can be seen to have generated the modern political form of Zionism. Once, European, once Europe sorry, became a constellation of nations rather than fiefdoms, it became plain that one Jewish response, though it was never the only one, to the prejudice they encountered in almost every European nation would be to generate a national formation of their own. And I make this point because I believe that as Palestinians, we should recognize and even sympathize with this response, especially when we encounter Jews beyond Israel's boundaries. How many Palestinians are there who would say that Palestinian statehood is not their objective. There may be a number of such Palestinians. They may even be increasing in number, but they are coming off an extraordinarily low base. Those who say Jews might have remained in Europe to pursue their rights ought to reflect on the constant complaint that we hear from some Israelis and their supporters in the West that Palestinians have lots of other Arab countries to go to. 
How do we as Palestinians regard that argument? Most of the time with contempt. But we should also be allowed to point out, without being accused of anti-Semitism, that in seeking to normalize their situation by opting for nationhood, Zionists chose a highly abnormal route to normalization. They chose a mass migration from Europe, which had been their home for centuries, to the Middle East. They chose the revival of their ancestral tongue in everyday speech. They chose the creation of their nation state in a land that most of them knew only from scripture. Most importantly of all, they chose a land inhabited for centuries by people from a related but different culture, Arabs, and in particular, the Arabs of Palestine. And this brings me to my fourth and final point. I began by saying that no one can understand the last 150 years of Palestinian history without an understanding of anti-Semitism. I will conclude by saying that no assessment of Zionism today can be complete and honest without the inclusion of the entirety of Palestinian experience and history. If you want to read the thoughts of an Israeli talking about this, I recommend to you an article by Noam Shazef, written in 2011 and entitled Why Jews, not Israelis, mind you, but Jews, Why Jews Need to Talk About the Nakba. I was proud to reproduce that article on the 70th anniversary of the Nakba for my own newspaper in an edited form. It is, of course, not enough to talk about the Nakba, as important as that is. It is also important to talk about Palestine and two Palestinians. Sadly, what we find instead in recent years is a return to the decades of denial which marked this question before the abortive peace process of the 1990s. When the price of admission to debates is acceptance of Israel's right to exist, or the new leader of the British Labour Party describes his support for Zionism as being without qualification, we are returning to a world in which Zionism and the actions which it undertakes in our shared geography can be justified without reference to the Palestinian experience or to any suggestion that Palestinians might today have a say in the matter. At a time when parliaments around the world are being asked to equate opposition to Israeli policies and Israeli conduct with anti-Semitism in a brazen attempt to cancel Palestinians by canceling their cause and outlawing global activism to support it, we must respectfully say that such denial of our perspective is as harmful and as offensive as the conduct of those who look around and do not see anti-Semitism anywhere. But we should also respond by humbly borrowing the slogan that indigenous people in this country reminded us of in their Redfern statement four years ago. Nothing about us without us. The question of Israel's existence is about us. When Jews voice support for Israel, it is about us. 
And when people seek to define anti-Semitism in any forum, they must first address the question of our rights, our dislocation, and our disenfranchisement. Then, and only then, can we fight anti-Semitism as it deserves to be fought, wholeheartedly and with complete confidence in each other's motives. I look forward to that day, and I believe that a forum like this brings that day closer. Thank you very much for listening. That was Mahan Maghrabi. Next up is Vivian Porzold, who is the Deputy Convener of BDS Australia and Spokesperson for Jews Against the Occupation. She's been active for a just peace in Palestine Israel for over 30 years and has participated in many international actions for Palestine, including the Gaza Freedom Fertilla in 2011. Vivian Porzold. Good evening, everybody. Um, I'm speaking to you here from Darlinghurst and, and Sydney, New South Wales. And I recognize the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the traditional owners of this part of the land now called Australia. I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. This land was never ceded, but was stolen. This country cannot be healed until the historical wrongs are recognized and a treaty signed with the indigenous people to recognize past injustices and prevent present and future ones. How accurately this acknowledgement of country in Australia expresses the conditions for healing and peace in Palestine, Israel. If only all the liberal Zionists who signed support for the Uluru Statement from the heart could face this reality, that their fantasy of a democratic liberal Israel is just that, a fantasy. The historical implementation of Zionism from the beginning has been a murderous colonialist regime. It didn't start in 1967, nor is it just a product of Begin and Netanyahu. The Australian-Palestine Advocacy Network and the Australian Jewish Democratic Society are to be congratulated on the joint statement on anti-Semitism, which we are launching tonight. It is an important initiative. Anti-Semitism, hatred of Jews, is deeply entrenched in Christian European culture and history. It was first based on Christian claims that the Jews murdered Christ. Then it took on the pseudo-scientific form as part of the invention of race and racial characteristics in the 19th century. This biological theory of race was a product and facilitator of European imperial expansion. Racism against Jews, anti-Semitism, culminated in the horrors of the Nazi Holocaust. Anti-Semitism has emerged especially in Europe and its former colonial territories whenever there have been stresses and anxiety in society and people look for a scapegoat. We see this now as the global capitalist economy is in crisis. Racism, Islamophobia, and anti-Semitism are on the rise the world over. When anti-Semitism is so deeply entrenched in our culture, it isn't surprising to find it also in the Palestine Solidarity Movement. This is complicated by the fact that political Zionism dispossesses and oppresses the Palestinian people. It is done by Jews for Jews in the state of Israel. This appears to underline the equation of Jewish with Zionist. This elision of Jewish with Zionist very much complicates the question of anti-Semitism for our movement. For example, we can find virulent anti-Semitism in Muslim and Arab contexts. However, I would argue that this is more derivative and largely a response to the dispossession of the people of Palestine by the Zionist movement. 
but any Arab Muslim anti-Semitism clearly draws its tropes from its point of origin, Christian Europe. Needless to say, this is a warped response which contradicts universal human rights, which our movement stands for. We need to see this as a response to Zionism and its invasion and dispossession of Palestine. Palestinians and Pal Palestinians in Palestine and Israel say, the Jews murder us, wreck our homes, take our land, take our men and children. When they express their rage and grief against the Jews, that is simply responding to a fact within their context, not anti-Semitism. Here, here in the diaspora, the situation is different. Apart from the growing number of Israeli expatriates, Jews in the diaspora are not um, Israelis and often enough not Zionist. So assuming all Jews support Israel and its crimes is untenable. And directing hatred at them instead of Israel is anti-Semitism, not anti-Zionism. Israel is proclaimed as a Jewish state and commits its crimes in the names of the Jews worldwide. Further, the Zionist movement rejects non or anti-Zionist Jews as not real Jews. So it isn't surprising that there's an ambivalence about confronting anti-Semitism in the Palestine solidarity movement when it manifests itself. Some of the ways anti-Semitism may manifest in our movement include the failure to understand the historic roots of Jewish attachment to Zionism, which I've already discussed, exaggeration of the power of Jews in Israel, Denial of the identity of Jews as a people, relegating it to religion alone. Denial of the historic roots and connection of the Jewish religion and Jewish history in Palestine before the foundation of the State of Israel. Yet for the integrity, unity and growth of our movement, it is important we recognize anti-Semitism and oppose it when it appears. The Zionist establishment wages a vicious war, particularly against Jews who oppose Zionism. Here in Australia, the Zionist establishment excludes Jewish critics from communal events and refuses to debate the issues with them. It declares us self-hating Jews and lacking in love for the Jewish people. This was the accusation flung at Hannah Arendt for her critical reporting on the trial of Adolf Eichmann in Jerusalem. Across the world, it is being weaponized by the Zionist movement and its allies to suppress all criticism of Israel. The International Holocaust Remembrance Association working definition of anti-Semitism is particularly problematic. The Zionist movement uses it as a club to bludgeon critics of Israel into silence. The document we are launching tonight challenges this mendacious charge of anti-Semitism against campaigners for Palestinian rights. I must stress that this rejection of anti-Zionist views is not universal in the Jewish community. The partnership of the Australian Jewish Democratic Society in Producing this joint statement we are launching tonight demonstrates this. The Sydney-based Jewish Voices for Peace and Justice and Emanuel Synagogue Wallara are inclusive of opposing views. This is despite the fact that most members of the Jewish community disagree with anti-Zionist views. As we all know, all critics of Israel are assailed by the leadership with the charge of anti-Semitism. The Zionist leadership excludes opposing Jewish views in particular for a very good reason. Public Jewish advocacy for Palestine challenges their claim to represent all Jews. It challenges their myth that a Jewish-dominated state is the only solution to perceived Jewish existential issues. That is what makes this joint statement on anti-Semitism so important. It cannot be not denied that the majority of Jews at this time are gripped by Zionist ideology. That means that many Jews will instinctively experience attacks on Israel as a direct attack on them as Jews. The Zionist leadership works furiously to deepen the sense of threat and fear. The knee-jerk response to the BDS movement is an example of this. 
during the campaign against the BDS policy adopted by Marital Council in Sydney in December 2010, these fairs were mobilised very successfully to oppose it. And Zionist Jews and their political partners and government opposition in the media ultimately succeeded in pressuring the council to rescind the policy. These fears are very real within the Jewish community. They're not just a product of Zionist manipulation. But this Jewish sense of threat does not mean we should avoid challenging the basis of these fears or the supposed solution offered by a Jewish-dominated state. On the contrary, I regularly challenge this in my conversations with my fellow Jews. But it does mean we need to communicate in ways that recognize the, these fears while appealing to the universalist humanist values of so many Jews. And as a movement for the human, civil and national rights of the Palestinians, we must uphold the rights of all. We must oppose all discrimination and vilification within our movement, whether on the ground of sex, race, religion, class, sexuality or sexual identity. In the Palestine Solidarity Movement, there's often a failure to understand the roots of Jewish attachment to Zionist ideology. This is based on Jewish historic experience of exclusion, dispossession, and efforts to annihilate, annihilate them. This has been very heavily manipulated with the Zionist movement. Many Jews see Zionism as a solution to these existential fears. Because these fears may be exaggerated in the modern Western context, does make them less real. For many liberal-minded Jews, there is a sharp cognitive dissonance between their universal human values and their attachment to Zionism and Israel as a guarantee of Jewish security. This is the PEP phenomenon, progressive except for Palestine. These are exactly the same values they share with their fellow Jews who are non or anti-Zionist. These are the values that underpin our solidarity with Palestine. I'm talking, I'm talking Jewish and non-Jewish. These shared values offer a basis for communication and a way forward. I urge my fellow Jews to confront and deal with the clash between these universal values and their support for a Jewish supremacist state. There are politically and morally acceptable ways to claim our place as a people without trampling on the rights of the other, another people who had no role in our historic oppression. Silence is consent and we must use our undoubted influence in Israel to push for a peace based on justice, human rights and mutual acceptance and respect. Thank you. I'm sure you'll agree they were two wonderful speakers and rounded out what was a fantastic event a couple of weeks ago. If you want to see the vision, you can just go to the APAN Facebook page or website or the AJDS Facebook page or website. NADOC Week celebrations are held across Australia each July to celebrate the history, culture and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. NADOC is celebrated not only in Indigenous communities, but by Australians from all walks of life. This week is a great opportunity to participate in a range of activities and to support your local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community. Usually, July kicks off NADOC celebrations, and for the past 18 years, 3CR has run major special programming called Behind the Bars, where we broadcast live from inside the prisons across Victoria, and we know the reality of our prison population, how heavily populated it is with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. Today, Palestine Remembered is going to share an episode from Behind the Bars from 3CR's vault. This is from 2009, Beyond the Bars. And listen to a particular part of this, the show, which is called Cheerios from Fulham Prison. And what you'll get is each of the Indigenous brothers and sisters sending a cheerio to their family that hopefully was listening on the outside to them on the inside. Yeah, like what Salah did a bit of well clean here in Gippsland and all the Gunai Kurnai mob. And um, 
my daughter, she's down there with Lakes, my sisters, all my nephews and nieces, my mum and dad, and to all our people out there throughout Australia. Happy Nardock week and yeah, be strong, eh? Yeah, I'd just like to say hello to my missus, um, Ella Williams, and uh, my two kids, uh, Andre and KZ, see how they're going. And um, yeah, my mum and dad and that. My like dad lives in Melbourne, and um, if he listens, tell him to say hello. And um, my mum, she lives in Tassie. And we're here with William. Hey, William. How you going? Have you got any curios that you'd like to say out there? I say hello to my father in Northern Territory, and my kids in Adelaide, and all my aunties and that, down in Adelaide there. To say hello to them. Be strong, be proud of yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, you always want to send a cherry out to uh, my woman out there, Lovey, and uh, my four kids, and uh, thanks for the birthday cards. I'm always thinking of you. You know, when my daughter's having a baby in October, and I hope she's having a girl, girl, you know, because wouldn't mind a granddaughter. You know, I love, I'm always thinking of you. I wish you all the best for NATO. And uh, Anthony, your two sons, you know, I love you all. And look after them two little kids of yours, Mickey and Lionel. And Graham, thanks for the visit son, Sunday. He's a uh, daughter-in-law of Crystal and uh, my number one niece, Tash. And uh, it was good. And uh, Saturday, uh, Cheryl, thanks for coming in. And your two little kids. Uh, I think it is, and uh, Del Del and Jock and Terry. Now, I think great is all the time, and I love you all. And I want you to have a happy night, I'll get there. Yeah, also the Duck and the Rick and Fred and um, yeah, well, all the nephews yeah, and nieces yeah, and their regards as well. Yeah, I'm getting there, and <laughs> Brother Duck, yeah, all the best for Nadlock brothers, you know. I love you, you're my best brother, you're my best sister in law, Rita. The demons win a game to see sometime, you know. And uh, Fred, I love you too, my nephew, and uh, all the best for Nadok, and you and your missus, and your two kids. And uh, Cheryl, yeah, Calm Baba, happy Nadok to you too, my niece. And Georgie and Luana, I love you all. Yep, and uh, Annie Millie's uh, not well in hospital. Oh, uh, yeah, well. yeah, my love you telling me that she's you now you cook, and uh, I hope she gets well, well soon, no girl, because. She's a nice old honey, you know? Yeah, top honey. Yeah, top honey. Yeah, um, just want to say hello to me, me missus and me kids. Um, yeah, Lana and me two boys, Tyrese and Darnell. Um, say good day to me old girl, Kay, and me sister, Jade, me nephew, Noah, and um, me old man, Steve, and um, all me cousins and me aunties and uncles down here in Gippsland. I'd like to send a cheer out to uh, my mum back in New South and to all my family in New South Wales. And all the boys locked up down there. I'd just like to shout out a cheerio to my mum, um, my stepdad, little brother Anthony, um, my little daughter and girlfriend, and just my aunties and uncles, and hope my nan's doing well. Uh, just to my grandmother, hope she gets the treatment that she needs and hope she's still fighting. The old fella, Uncle Rock, well, my uncle. Apparently he's sort of gone losing his eyesight. Maybe pull through. And hopefully I'll see him soon. Oh uh, yeah, I'd like to say um I'd like to my mother, Wendy. 
mach gut, dann ich schieße dich an und wüsste der Familie hat dich. I'll be at the same. Yeah, so. I thought I'd say hello to my mum, and brothers, and nieces and nephews. Yeah, I'd like to say hello to my mum, brother, sisters. Yeah, I hope you're doing well. Uh, see you soon, hopefully. Um, yeah, so I'd send a cheerio to, to my two girls, uh, Makesha and Jalea. Yep. And uh, my woman, uh, Kerry. To my uh, two daughters, Angel and Mia. And my girlfriend, Crystal, uh, my mum and my nan, Bessie and Nolene. Yeah, just hello. Yeah, just uh, to my dad and my girl, my family back home in New South there, um, down in Majora and Durton. I say a cheer to my two daughter-in-laws. Yep. Uh, Crystal and Danielle. I have been that to both years. And I forgot to mention my grandsons, Lionel, Ricky and Zai. I love you all, and all the best for Nadok and Jock. You too, son. I think I might have forgot you, and we got your parts, so happy Nadok to you too, to you too, son, and I love you all. And, uh, yeah, Crystal and Graham, uh, you two good together, but uh, in a couple more years, right? Start a family, eh, because you two belong together. I love you. That was Cheerios from Fulham Prison with the late, great Gurumul in the background. As Nelson Mandela said, our freedom is incomplete without the freedom of the Palestinian people. As Palestinians, we know our freedom is incomplete without the freedom of our Indigenous brothers and sisters. Thanks for listening, and free Palestine.